It's YouTube stars Nick and Dean Nimmin in their first ever interview together, right now on Brand on Broadcasting. Welcome to episode 14 of Brand on Broadcasting. I'm Ross Brand. This is the show where we talk all things broadcasting with a focus on the online space, live streaming, podcasting, video creation, smart speakers, and more. And I'm excited that today's guests, Nick Nimmin and Dee Nimmin, Nick and Dee are tremendous YouTube creators. They host Nimmin Live every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern on Nick Nimmin's uh, YouTube channel. Dee Nimmin has a channel as well that focuses on mobile video. For those who favor video, there will be an embed of the video in the show notes at brandonbroadcasting.com slash EP14, brandonbroadcasting.com slash EP14. With all that out of the way, let's get to it. Nick and D. Nimmin, Nick Nimmin, D. Nimmin are terrific video creators. They're wonderful live stream hosts and people that I've learned a lot about YouTube from, and I believe you'll learn a lot about YouTube growth from them as well. We also talked to them about how they came to be in Thailand, how they came to work together, what it's like working together as brothers, and their plans for the future. It's a tremendous honor to bring you Nick and Dean Nimmin. Welcome to the live stream, people. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Ross Brand from LivestreamUniverse.com, and this is Brand on Broadcasting. Nick Nimmin and Dean Nimmin are the guests today. They have not done a joint interview together before, and so I'm extremely grateful to them for uh, choosing Brand on Broadcasting for their first show. It's also my first time going live with an interview show on YouTube, so a lot of firsts today, but uh, Nick and Dee are really experienced YouTubers who put out great content every Saturday morning. They do Nimmin Live uh, two hours, three hours, five hours, 10 hours. I don't know what the, the record I think is six. Is it six? Our, our, our record seven. seven. Yeah. Seven. yeah seven. We're a little bit over seven hours for the record. Yeah. Seven hours live, uh, with YouTube tips and YouTube news and taking your questions in the chat and channel reviews and advice and everything else to help people grow and monetize their YouTube channel. And that's going to be one of the themes here today, but we're also going to find out a little bit about Nick and Dee as people, as brothers, as co-hosts, as creators. Let's get to it, guys. So uh, before we get into all your tips on growing and, and monetizing uh, your YouTube channel, tell us a little bit about how you ended up in, in Thailand as expats coming from uh, the Midwest of the United States. Well, yeah, I'll take this take one. It. Yeah, I'll take this one. So, um, so D was here already. Um, so D had a media company to where um, it allowed him to work online. And uh, basically, I got out of a relationship, and I was having trouble with it. And I was on the phone with him, and being the awesome brother that he is, he was like, "Hey, if you can take a month, um, all expense paid trip, come over to Thailand, hang out, clear your mind, and um, all of that stuff, just for like a change of scenery to kind of, you know." just get right. me back on track. And I came over and we had an awesome, amazing month together. We went all over the country, just had an awesome time. And, um, uh, during that time I, I was talking to him and I was like, Hey man, I, I you know, this is just awesome. Um, you know, I would love to, you know, be able to stay here and, you know, kind of do what you do and that kind of stuff. And he said, Hey, you know, if this is something that you want to do, 
um, then you know I can mentor you and, and show you the rope, so to speak, um, in order to uh, make it possible. And uh, so we, I taught him how to kickbox, and he became a champion. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much how we ended up here, Ross. No, now he's just kicking ass left and right on uh, right. YouTube yeah, and everywhere right. else. Um, <laughs> so, um, where are you guys located in, in Thailand? For those who aren't familiar, that familiar with the country, can you give us a, a little layout yeah. of the, the the landscape? We are in northern Thailand in a city called Chiang Mai. It's not mm-hmm. too far from Myanmar or Burma, as you might know it. Mm-hmm. And we're elevated uh, close to the mountains, so it's not as hot and as humid as you might get elsewhere in Thailand. And what's the population like, uh, you know, population know. size and all that kind of stuff? It's what, the second or third largest? Yeah, in, it's the second uh, or third largest. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know. It's no really spread out. It, it's spread out across a really large area. So uh, I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. It's and a good if, size city. if there's anybody here who hasn't already and judging from all the great names I see in the chat, I think you guys have already done it. But if you haven't done so, subscribe to Nick's channel. It's very easy. YouTube.com slash Nick Nimmin and subscribe to D's channel. YouTube.com slash D Nimmin. D gives great advice on uh Everything to do with creating mobile video. Nick is, of course, your expert in YouTube channel growth with over 300,000 subscribers. He's been uh, he's been on fire the last couple of years and now sharing. They're both sharing their knowledge and wisdom with people. Uh, so you get together. You're in Thailand. Um, how did you come to work, be working together as as video creators and then as co-hosts? Well, part of the thing with him mentoring me was bringing me over here and kind of taking me under his wing in terms of, you know, helping with the graphic design thing and all of that. Um, so that's what that's what I personally did over here for a long time was, you know, focused on the graphic design side of things. And then um, we picked up a handful of difficult clients for that. And right. it's been causing a lot of just, you know, made it made the day to day life not as awesome as you would like it to be, so to speak. And because of that. Um, uh, we started looking for other solutions in terms of things that we could do to where we didn't have to work with, you know, uh, clients that we didn't care for that much. And, um, <laughs> one of the roads, that's the nice way of saying Very it, but diplomatic. one of the roads that we ended up taking was, um, was to, um, was, you know, try and trying out YouTube. Wow. That's- well, you, you tried that. Yeah. That's why I said one yeah. of the roads. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cause, yeah. cause you know, we, we were both trying different things and, and, you know, it kind of went from, um, you know, that stuff to doing, um, you know, just some smaller graphic design projects to doing a little bit of internet marketing. And then from the internet marketing, um, I started watching some YouTube videos and everybody's talking about, you know, building an email list and all that. I started watching um, Gideon Shawick, for example, and James Wedmore. And they were really, really focused on, um, you know, building a, a business around a YouTube channel. Right. So I'm like, okay, hey, I'll, I'll put up some videos um, and try to drive people to an email list and see how that works. And um, at the time, you know, I was watching people like Daryl Leaves, for example, and Tim Schmoyer and guys like that trying to get an idea of um, how all this stuff works on uh, YouTube. And, um, you know, that kind of, you know, got the whole thing going. So Ross, uh, Ron from Ron's Trains and Things looked it up and said that Chiang Mai has a population of 131,000 people. Okay. So Nick actually has more subscribers than people <laughs> in the city that we're living in. <laughs> That's crazy. Right? Wow. Almost double the population here. Wow, that's crazy. 
So you need so to create your own city. Yeah, I'm creating my own city. Nibinati. That's right. Yeah. It, it would probably Nibinati. be the second largest city in Thailand then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So we're going to set up a GoFundMe account. Yeah, to start a city. It's going to be expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Cities aren't cheap these days. So, you know, we're going to see what we can do. Yeah. And, and then everybody's required to watch the live stream. It's like That's North right. Korea where you have to keep the radio on. You have to keep the live stream right. on Saturday every morning. Channel, yeah. Every channel. Yeah. It's, either, it's either right one of now, our videos. Right. Yeah, it's either one of our videos or a live stream. Yeah. Right, right. right. <laughs> so, okay, so now you're you're live streaming. You Your channel that you currently have wasn't your first channel, right? You, st- you it started was my first channel, actually. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, I, so- I know you've done some other things before you got into just YouTube, YouTube focused, like focused on helping people with YouTube. Of course, it's all focused yeah. on YouTube if you're on YouTube. Um, so what are some of the things you did before uh, you really took off with, you know, teaching people about YouTube? So basically the progression of that went from um, initially I just started out doing just general video tips. I wasn't really YouTube focused per se. I was just doing, you know, general, general video tips. And I was doing like productivity stuff. Like um, let's say that you're working because it was an experience that I was going through. It was like, let's say that you're working at a cafe and you want to stay productive. Right. Right. So so here's some things that you can do to make sure that people don't interrupt you. And, you know, making that kind of videos that were on the channel at the time. And, uh, during that process of making those videos, um, that's when um, uh, Daryl Leaves did his 100,000 subscriber video. And he put out a call and he said, hey, you know, if, if anybody, um, you know, wants to make a video, let me know what my channel did for them or, you know, what they've learned from me or anything like that. Um, submit it to me. And if it's decent, then, you know, maybe I'll put you in the video. And I submitted a video to him and he hit me up right away. And he said, hey, you know, I love, you know, how you actually present the camera quality, everything like, wow. you know, looks good, sounds good, all that stuff. And um, he offered to help me um, start another project. And of course, you know, I took that opportunity and um, that channel was called All Our Questions. And uh, that channel, the foundations of that channel were so solid. We were actually talking about it today that I'm still generating, you know, like a couple hundred subscribers. I haven't uploaded haven't uploaded to that channel in probably two years. But the foundations of that channel are so solid that I'm still generating um, a couple hundred subscribers per month. Um, and I'm generating in, I think close to 2000 or over 2000 views a day or, uh, every 48 hours, um, on that channel still after not uploading for over two years. So, um, but, but then basically what happened there is I was grinding really hard on that channel and I loved making the content and the entire experience was awesome. Um, and it, and it lit my fire in terms of, you know, seeing what happens with the YouTube community and seeing the feedback that you get and seeing, starting to see little um, hints of the reach that you can have. And it just kind of, you know, lit my fire for YouTube. So I said, I'm making all this content for this channel. I love it, but I'm still doing the graphic design thing because I wasn't making any money off of the channel yet. I'm still doing the graphic design thing. So I only have so much time in the day and I would come to the decision of, okay, I can work on design stuff or I can make videos and I would always default to making videos most of the time. And I would do the bare minimum for clients, which caused even more stress. And what ended up happening is with the upload schedule and with the research involved with that content. And because I was new, so editing videos and all that stuff took me a really long time. The entire workflow was a lot longer then than it is now. And because of that, I ended up burning out and I just couldn't, I just couldn't, you know, I just couldn't do everything that I was trying to do. So what I did is I said, okay, I'm hooked on YouTube. I want to keep on YouTube, but I'm going to go back to this other channel, which is my current channel. I'm going to go back to my other channel and I'm going to start making content there because it's easier content to make. 
because I don't have to do a bunch of research and things like that. And then I started continuing there with just like, here's some YouTube video ideas and, you know, really basic stuff. And then I did one uh, collaboration video uh, with Brian G. Johnson. And that collaboration video was on how to rank videos in search. And people loved that video. And they're like, hey, you know, you should make more videos like this. You should make more videos like this. Hey, give us some more YouTube tips. So I just started, you know, like YouTube says, you know, follow the audience, right? Give the right. audience what they want. And, and I started, uh, you know, making, making more YouTube-specific videos until it got to the point to where every single video that I'm putting out now is a YouTube-specific video. So my, my take on that, Ross, mm-hmm. is he was like, hey, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I'm like, cool, great. Right. Didn't think anything of it. <laughs> then he comes to me all excited and he's like, this guy, Daryl Eves. Yeah. Yeah. Daryl Eves, this, this YouTuber teacher guy, this really big guy, you know. Yeah. And I'm just like, cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. didn't know who Daryl Eves was, didn't know anything. I, I had no idea, you know, the impact and the reach that people could have with the YouTube channel. No idea who Daryl Eves was. And then I would go around. We actually helped you shoot some yep. stuff like in Japan. We we're in Japan shooting yeah, some stuff. Yeah, in Japan, and the Grand Canyon. China. Yeah, China, we yeah. We were shooting some stuff for the, yeah. for the channel. And I'm just like, okay, whatever, you know. Yeah. No clue that I'd yeah. be sitting here right now. Right. Yeah, and, and so once you get into something like YouTube, you take it for granted that names like Daryl Eves, like everybody must – like he's a household name in our world. But, right. you know, all these names that we talk about aren't necessarily familiar – to everyone, especially outside that world. Um, for those who may not know, Daryl Eves is the founder of Vid Summit. He's got uh, five to 600,000 uh, subscribers. He's been doing YouTube since uh, pretty much since YouTube started, I think, and he's become known as one of the you know major consultants and experts on how to use and just an awesome guy we'll just yeah. go, we'll yeah. just go ahead and, and also package in there that he's just an awesome guy just in general like yeah. the the care that he gives to the community and the information that he gives to the community and you know the effort he puts into trying to bring creators together and all that stuff he's yeah. just he's an awesome guy what would you say um is is sort of like the number one thing you took away from working with daryl that helped your channel grow um, for me, um, it was more about planning and knowing who that you're who you're making the content for, and and actually like designing everything it is that you're doing to make sure that you're nailing that that target person that you're trying to reach. So so basically, like to to kind of put that into a nutshell, it's basically knowing who the, who you're making your content for, and making sure that you stay laser focused on making that content. Because on YouTube, a problem that everybody has is we all want to like. There's the list of videos that I have that I know for a fact this the audience is going to love these. And then there's a list of videos that I want to make. And sometimes I'll sprinkle those in. But the thing is, is a lot of people, there's the, the list of the stuff that the audience will love. And then there's the stuff that they want to make. And they'll focus more on the stuff that they want to make instead of focusing on the audience. And at the end of the day, you know, however you, you know, try to frame it at the end of the day, in some form or fashion, we're educators, we're entertainers we're motivators, we're, you know I mean, like we're all of that stuff. And because of that, you know, it's our job on our YouTube channels to make sure that we're, that we're serving that audience. So D, as you're watching all this come together, all of a sudden your, your baby brother's becoming a superstar. What but I you- didn't, but I didn't know for like a long time. <laughs> he just kept telling yeah, me. It wasn't until I was like 80, 90,000 subscribers right, that right. even like, yeah, that he even like right. picked up on He's the, like, that it I'm was going, like a good thing. Right. I'm yeah. going to Vid Summit. I'm like, yeah. cool, have a good trip. And yeah. then like, <laughs> you know, I'm like clueless, yeah. absolutely clueless. Yeah. And then finally, I don't remember what made it click, but something clicked somewhere. And I was like, whoa, 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 what? You know, explain that to me. Say that again. 
You got paid for that? What? Yeah. How much? What? <laughs> How many people are watching your videos? What? No. So, so that's yeah. where you said, I, I got to get in on this. Well, more than anything, more than anything, he, he was telling me about how much fun he was having. Yeah. Right, he, right. He came back. So he went to Vid Summit, one person, and he came mm-hmm. back from Vid Summit like a different person, yeah. completely laser focused and like really excited. And that was, I think, when we had when we had the conversation. Yeah. And he was. Yeah, that was the first time we met Ross at, yeah. uh, at Vid Summit there, that first one. Yeah. And he was telling me about, you know, the people he was meeting and how exciting it was. And I was like, OK, well you know, maybe let's do a channel together, a live stream. That'd be really cool. So we actually came up with an idea to do another channel. It was just going to be like a live stream thing. We were going to teach people how to do stuff, how to do creator stuff really. And we tested it on his channel, which is the studio, the studio that you see behind us. This was actually built for that other channel. Right. 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 And and then it worked on his channel really well. So we just ran with that. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's awesome. And then um, have you always been passionate D, about uh, doing mobile video? How did you uh, get into that as your, your, your area of expertise? I'm passionate about tinkering, about mm-hmm. figuring stuff out. So I like, you know, I'm in the bathroom laying in bed. I'm at the cafe. I'm always <laughs> fooling around with apps, seeing what I can do with an app. And when I was trying to think of, you know, what can I do? I'm looking at YouTube and, the, you know, the space is filled and I can't do exactly what he does. One, because I didn't have the knowledge. And two, because that would be pretty silly to have two Nimmons doing the exact right, same right. thing, right? Uh, so I was thinking, what can I do? And I went through a couple of different things that I thought, I'll do this. And then I didn't do that. And I'll do this. And then I was just spending so much time on my phone. And I heard, you know, people like Gary Vee saying that, you know, look at everybody. Their attention's right here. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's where everyone's attention is. So that's where I went. Yeah. Here I am. And you guys seem to have such an easygoing, like great relationship with each other. Um, what is it like being brothers and co-hosts and collaborators? Is it is it as smooth as it looks uh, on the surface, yeah. or? Yeah, it is. Like um, I'm gonna whip him when we get off of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're boxing. Get on over. No, no, yeah. Like we, like our relationship just in general is awesome. So like this just adds like a, a whole other dynamic to it because in addition to, you know, our relationship that we have, we also get to share that with other people and we also get to, you know, work together to impact other people as well. Right. So all the way around, I mean, it's a, it's a win. Right. So let's get into some, some tools and tips and, and things start out for, for both of you guys. What are, what are some of your, you know, top three tools that you use to help in, either creating, promoting, researching, anything to do with uh, YouTube and YouTube video creation? TubeBuddy, the number one browser plug-in for YouTube content creators. Browser. So I said it. It's a browser. Uh, number one browser <laughs> plug-in too. Browsers um, and browsers, yeah. TubeBuddy has you covered. Yep. Right. Um, we use uh, Streamlabs OBS for our live streams. Mm-hmm. Um, and then outside of that, pretty much, you know, everything from there is pretty much computer based that, you know, outside of, uh, you know, any phone specific stuff. Uh, um, yeah. I'm going to throw on there keywords everywhere. Yeah. Those, those are also great tools. Yeah. Morning yeah. fame, morning keywords, fame everywhere. keywords everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Of course. Yeah. Monday buddy. for the content schedule. Yeah. Monday.com. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, what is Monday.com? That's a new one for me. What Agora is that? Pulse for social media. Um, mm-hmm. for social media scheduling is fantastic. I think you, uh, Ross are also an Agora Pulse user as yes. well. Yeah, so what was your question? It, um, Monday? Yeah, so Monday is what I use as my content schedule. So it's monday.com, oh, okay. and um, they basically make it to where you can customize um, each piece of content. So, for example, like it, it, it's 
It's like a, in, instead of it being a calendar view, it's more like a list view and okay. you can actually set different parts in the process. So I have an editor that works with me. So with the editor, basically like I upload, like I'll put in a list of video ideas and then I'll put the dates of when those are going to be completed. And then, um, and then I have like a bunch of different tabs in terms of the process itself. So right. what I'll do is I'll say, okay, this one's first an idea. Now it's actually videos that I recorded. So then I just change the tab on that. And then I change it again when I upload the files to Dropbox so that he gets notified that the files are on Dropbox. He changes it to files received. And then once the files are received, then he had changes it to being uh, edited once it's being edited. And then it gets changed to uh, pending approval, changes needed or approved um, before it goes up onto uh, YouTube. Wow. I just signed yeah, it's an up. Awesome system. I just signed up last night for uh, Morning Fame. And um, thanks to Doug Hewson uh, for, uh, sending me a link. And I gotta say, I, I was fascinated because it's so easy to understand the insights in the way that morning fame looks at them. And it, it yeah. just really like, they, I feel like I'm learning with their little comments and things as I'm going down and very, very easy to start to pinpoint what you need to do more of and what's not, working if you're new to looking at uh analytics and and things like that on the on the mobile side d what are some tools that that you like as far as either editing or you know enhancing uh your mobile phone camera or anything like that so the number one app that i'm pretty sure everyone in the chat right now is going to agree with me he's going to agree with me snapseed totally disagree no, I'm just kidding. You're about yeah. to see what happens between two brothers <laughs> when he gets out of line. No. Uh, yeah, for me, Snapseed, like every single photo that I send, if I'm going to send my mom a photo that doesn't even like matter, hey, mom, look at this butterfly. I'm going to run through Snapseed. It's become such like a habit for me yeah. to run everything through Snapseed. Uh, it's a free app. It's owned by Google. It's an image editor. So for image editing, Snapseed, and of course, there's Lightroom. I think those are probably the two best for image editing. Uh, I just recently fell in love with a camera app. Called, I don't know if you, how you pronounce it, but it's, it's a Halade, Halade camera app, a fantastic camera app. I just fell in love with that. So I think right now those two are my, are my top apps, those three. Are my top uh, apps. Nick, is it a, you use Adobe for you, – do you use the Adobe suite for editing and creation? Yeah. So, um, so for any graphic based stuff, any video graphics that is all done, um, it's either done in Photoshop completely, or it will be, uh, the actual graphics made in Photoshop. And then any animation type stuff, I actually transfer it to Vegas and then it gets animated in there for video graphics. But now basically I have a template of sorts. So all the video graphics and all that stuff, for the most part, it's always the same unless there's something specific that needs to come up on the screen. Like, let's say that I mention an app, for example. Like Snapseed. Then, like Snapseed. Then in that particular <laughs> case, then I can have something come up on the screen to where it shows it in the Play Store or something like that. But even in that case, I have a specific background graphic that I use, um, you know, that lays in the back for that. So I have all of those contained in their own files. And those are up on Dropbox as well. So the editor can just pull those down, just drop them in where they need to be. So it streamlines the process considerably. That's pretty clever. And, and that's, thank you. That's and and, and that's one of the, uh, that's one of the things that you learn along the way. Like when you're making a lot of content for YouTube, um, you know, you, you, you are forced into learning how to streamline what it is that you're doing. Yeah. The more templates you can build yeah. around your process, the faster you're going to work. Yeah. Without question. Yeah. Yeah, thanks to everybody for joining us. Uh, we are talking with Nick Nimmin and Dee Nimmin, the co-hosts of Nimmin Live every 
Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, you can catch them and get their YouTube tips and tricks and channel reviews and uh, the latest news on YouTube. And we will get to your questions. If you have questions, uh, throw in the comment question colon and then ask your question so uh, we can quickly go back and, and catch all the questions coming in. All of them. Uh, we want to get to everybody's question if we can. Uh, we have some some people here I know who are quite quite on top of what's going on as far as YouTube goes. Very experienced. I see them regularly in your uh, in, in your live streams and watching your videos. What are some things um, that you're looking at as far as perhaps changes to YouTube or new strategies or what type of adjustments are you, are you guys making, uh, if any, for, for 2019? For 2019, it's, it's all the same thing, right? Like basically like the, the whole thing, like if you take the entire thing and you simplify it as much as you possibly can, you have to make everything that you're doing in a way that people respond to it. If it's your thumbnails, your titles, you know, if you're writing descriptions, you know, you're trying to get people to respond in those descriptions by either clicking a link to buy something or to click a link to follow you on social media or to click a link to go and watch another video or another playlist that you have. So basically just keeping everything as, as responsive in, in terms of people responding to it um, mm -hmm. as, as much as possible, because the more that you do that, then the better the algorithm treats you. And it's like that pretty right. much on any platform. And that's, that's an age old thing, right? Even, even with websites, you know, the, you know, they judge you by, you know, on page time and how deep into the site people go and things like that. And that same, those same foundational concepts apply to YouTube too. So you have to just keep focusing in. How can I get people to watch for 30 seconds more, right? Mm -hmm. How can I raise this click through rate on my thumbnail? Just 1%, you know what I mean? And you just have to keep, just keep, super focused on that. Keep whittling away. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. difficult. Like sometimes, you know, you'll get it and you're like, Hey, this yeah. is working. This is working. And then for whatever reason, things will take a turn because maybe there's like an audience shift of some mm -hmm. kind to where things will take a turn a little bit. And it's like, okay, well this isn't working as good as it used to. So now I got to start figuring it out again. Like a lot of people will look at people like, um, like they'll look at my channel and be like, okay, well, you know, um, you know, Nick knows all this stuff about YouTube and I do know a lot of stuff about YouTube. However, I'm also constantly learning about YouTube. That's a unique position that I have right. is because this is something that I do, something that I'm into. So because of that, I, I have the time to constantly be looking into, you know, YouTube and trying to figure out, you know, what's making everything work. And that gives me the information that I need in order to, you know, try to make everything um, or try to get people to respond to everything as much as possible. Now, for the newbies out there, what are a few of the common mistakes you see that, uh, maybe you could alert people to so they don't make those oh mistakes God. and you know what? or or what should they stop doing which you, you often see newbies doing that uh, kill their ability to get any momentum going the 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 biggest problem the two biggest problems that i see new people coming onto the platform do is they don't spend enough time on their thumbnails they don't understand the importance of having a great eye-catching sticky thumbnail and brand and all, all around and yeah. brand all the yeah. way around big yeah. disconnects between their channel header and their thumbnails and the overall look of everything. And also not spending time or learning how to craft a proper title. 
Mm. Yeah. And in addition to that too, you know, like a lot of people will go on YouTube and they'll, I was actually talking to a guy on uh, and high expectations. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. that too. But I was yeah. talking to a guy on, on Reddit um, where he was in a subreddit. Um, this is actually today or yesterday. And he was giving all of this advice based on like absolutes, right? Like, okay, well you only have to a, only a Sith, only a Sith is absolutes, <laughs> absolutely. Right. But, but he was giving, um, he was giving all this advice based on, you know, absolutes. Like this is exactly how it is. And basically our, our argument that was going back and forth was, you know, people who think in that way on YouTube are typically thinking in that way because they have like one or two channels. But when you start, you know, working with a bunch of other channels, and you start seeing how things work differently across different channels, then it really widens your view and lets you step back and say, wow, okay, each one of these channels, yes, the, the core principles are still there, but in terms of like the details that make right. people respond to different stuff. Like each channel is kind of like its own entity that people re respond to in a different way. So like, for example, Ross, like I can look at my channel, I could go into my stats and then I could go into your stats and I could say, Hey, just do this because it works on my channel, but that doesn't mean that it's going to work on your channel. So it's important that any content creator that is, you know, putting content up onto YouTube or anywhere that you're constantly testing the stuff that you're doing so that you can make sure that you're fine tuning what you're doing for your specific audience. Because like, for example, like the, the reason that that's so important is like when I publish a video based on, you know, user histories and how YouTube works, if when I publish a video, my videos are going to get shown to people right. that are completely different than the people that are going to get shown your content, for example. And because of that, I'm reaching a different group of people. YouTube is presenting me to a different group of people that are going to respond in a different way than they're going to respond to your content, which is why it's super important to be testing all this stuff on your own channel instead right. of taking, you know, blanket advice and saying, you know, this is absolute. This is exactly how it is. You have to take the foundational stuff as your core and right. then start testing all the different stuff on your channel. You guys want to hit some questions? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. All right, let's bring some questions in. Um, Kim Hughes, real estate uh, asks. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kim. She's new to YouTube and has a channel uh, that's niche to a specific audience um, and wants to create a channel focused on another niche. Uh, yes, you can have multiple channels uh, with multiple Gmail addresses, right? Um, the question is, uh, good strategy to have different channels for different topics or different niches? Absolutely. If, if you have the time to do it without question, um, just one thing to keep in mind is let's say both channels do well, then your time restraints are going to, you know, are going to swell pretty quick with that as well. Um, but with that said, you know, you can build that in. Like if you're doing real estate right now, then there's probably a good chance that if you're running two different channels that you're probably doing it for different facets of your business. And because of that, as you know, as let's say that both channels ended up doing well, then in that particular case, then you'll be able to hire the right people in order to help you manage that and all that. So in your specific case, yeah, no problem at all. Um, but, you know, like let's say that somebody has like two gaming channels, for example. At the start, it's easy because right. in that particular case, it's like, you know, hey, I'm just uploading, you know, a couple of videos a week on each channel. But as everything starts, you know, swelling, there's all this back end stuff that you have to stay on top of if you're, you know, trying to monetize and all that. Um, there's all this back end stuff that you have to stay on top of. And that's where things start getting, um, you know more complicated. Do you think, um, cause, uh, you know, a lot of people in the chat are focused on things like YouTube or, uh, live streaming or podcasting or whatever. Do you think those are two, those categories can be too broad? Um, or do you think, you know, focusing on 
those type of categories is uh, is a niche in and, in and of itself. So, for example, like, are you saying that um, like they're focusing on podcasting as a niche? Right. Or they're focusing on live streaming or they're focusing yeah, on video fine. creation. So you don't Absolutely have to niche not, it yeah. down further no. than 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 the top than the general topic. Right. You can if there's an audience to support it. Right. But in terms of in terms of having like an like an umbrella like that, absolutely. Like you can even go even wider if you wanted to, and you could make a channel that's you know that's specific for people that just make stuff, right? right so it's right. like, hey, this is this is just for people that make stuff. So if you're into podcasting, we got you covered. Live streaming, we got you covered. Video, we've got you covered for well, that's all kind of what us. I'm doing on my channel with uh, if I'm tackling mobile, mm-hmm. right? It's going after Android, yeah. but, but this is a problem that I have by doing that, yeah. right? So now I have this divide on my channel. I have Android users and I have iPhone users. So now I have to pick and choose which type of videos I'm going to make. So I have to walk that fine line. So if you're making a channel like that, beware there's divides hiding that you might not think of. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah. But but like if you have that, like, you know, that audience of people that are doing all of the stuff, you know, like right. Ross, you know, you do all the stuff, you know, like, like we currently- yeah, like like <laughs> we're getting ready to launch a podcast coming up here um, soon as well. Currently, I just do with Owen the biz- uh, with Owen Video the Business of Video podcast. But you know, like I'm also one of those people to where I do live streaming video, you know, some right. podcasting, all that stuff. And there's a lot of us out there. So because of that, you know, having like an umbrella channel like that where you do cover those topics, you know, like I would be that avatar that you'd mm-hmm. be trying to reach. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And then you can break it down into playlists. So your videos about how to create podcasts can go in one playlist. Your videos about live streaming can go in another one. You can have one for gear. You can have, you know, you can you can have as many playlists as as you want, right? Right. And and just keep in mind though, like with that, kind of like what Dee was saying, like in his situation, because you have like a strong divide between right. you know, you have iPhone people and you have Android people. So like in his case, what he runs into is like when he when he puts out an Android video because a large percentage I think you're what seventy something percent or something yeah like that of his audience are um, Android users so when he puts out an iPhone video he's isolating you know a lot of his core audience so what he's reliant on in that particular situation is pulling in new people that are into the iPhones right so what he can expect is that initial performance of that video um, right. to not be as high as if he puts out an Android video now if that video is going to continue doing poorly is going to be, you know, based on how it performs in search and all of that. But in terms of that initial, you know, release of that video, because his audience is primarily Android users. When he releases that iPhone video, um, his, his views are typically lower on it. Speaking of that, awesome. when you have, when you have low performing videos, do you recommend making them private or taking them down or just leaving them up on your channel? They're not doing any harm. Um, it depends on how they're performing. So if, for example, if it's performing low in terms of audience retention, then you, there's a few different things that can cause that. One of those is simply just the expectation that people have when they click on the thumbnail or title. So right. because of that, um, you have to look at it objectively, right, which we all have trouble doing. But you have to look <laughs> at it objectively and say, okay, does the title and the thumbnail of this do I deliver on what it is that I'm saying there? Because if not, then there's a good chance that you're going to take a hit on retention. So you have to look at that and say, okay, it, it, does this match up? And if it doesn't, 
Um, or even if it does, then you want to try to experiment with changing the thumbnail, changing the title, changing the overall metadata on it. So you're packaging it as something different to see if you can get people to respond to it. And then after that, if you can't figure out a way to get people to respond to it, then personally, I would just leave it on the channel because it's still content that your that your audience as it grows can still go back and watch and you can still link to from other videos if it's relevant to the stuff that you're currently talking about. So because of that, I would leave it on the channel. Um, but if it's something that, like, let's say that you have a channel that's six years old right. and you have, you know, 10 videos on that channel and, you know, they got a lot of views back in the day. Um, in, in that particular case, I would still leave them on the channel so that you don't use, lose the watch time and views from taking them off. Um, but I wouldn't have those in your main presentation on your actual channel page. You know, there's some people who have, um, you know, they started a channel, didn't really know what they were doing. So their videos are from three years ago. They have 10 subscribers and, you know, four total views or whatever. And now they've they've learned something about YouTube and they want to really ramp it up. Um, should you recommend that they start fresh with a new channel or should they try and uh, revitalize a channel that's been around for a while and hasn't gone anywhere? Even if the, the, the subject matter in general is going to be the same, it's just they're going to approach it more uh, strategically and, and, you know, they're ready to make videos that, that, that are going to make an impact on their audience. I would start fresh. If you have, if you have, you know, 10 subscribers, a hundred subscribers, 500 subscribers, a thousand subscribers, like I, I would start fresh. Um, mm-hmm. Let's say, you know, it, de- it depends on the age of the channel, if the videos are still performing and that kind of stuff. Like, for example, because of my all our questions channel that I referenced earlier, because that one's still getting, you know, people are still coming in. It's still active. People are still leaving comments there every single day. So like I can go back to that one, even though I haven't done anything with it in two years. And I can go in and start, you know, uploading videos to it. And then I also would use the traffic from my channel to help, you know, push and kind of kickstart everything. So because of that, you know, I could I could keep that one going. Now, if that channel was completely dead, no activity on it, nothing happening, I just had a bunch of stagnant videos on there, um, then I would I would just start new. Right, right. Um, one of the great things about live streaming is uh, the, the live chat and the fact that people ask questions that I, I probably wouldn't have thought of. And this is a, a terrific example and a wonderful question. Uh, Motivation Theory asks, how much time do you spend on channel and video optimization versus content production? Ooh, good question. So, okay. Yeah. So um, in terms of the channel itself, like once I get that taken care of, like I'll, I'll experiment with moving playlists around. For example, I just did um, a, a change where I changed the video that um, is my trailer video and I changed, you know, the way my playlists are displayed right now. Um, so that's, you know, one thing that I just did. And then now that that's there, I'm just kind of letting it run in the background like that to see, you know, how it performs. Um, and then in terms of the actual videos themselves, because my specific niche is pretty specific in terms of the content that people are looking for, um, I know pretty well how to optimize one of my videos. His, in his situation, his are a little bit different because what are you trying to say. <laughs> in, in his case, they're a little bit different because he's, um, you know, he's going after you know totally fresh, you know, stuff that that you know neither of us have explored before. So you know, when he does his stuff, it's a little bit you know more difficult. So I have a lot of books in the water right now. Yeah. So <laughs> so like with his, it'll take more time. So yeah. um, in terms of like optimizing the videos, you know. Even still, you know, if you have like experience in, in you know, SEO and all that stuff and you know the, the processes, then, you know, you can still get through that pretty quick. So because of that, I would say content production would, would be the thing that takes the longest. Yeah. 
Uh, great question here. Uh, Paul Peck is dealing with uh, wanting to get that uh, membership feature. He's got 30,000 subs, which uh, you need to qualify. He's actually at 38,000 and uh, no copyright or community strikes. Uh, so he wants to know how he can go about getting that uh, that uh, community, that channel membership feature. Easy for me to say. Paul, I wish I had an answer for you, but unfortunately I don't for that. You know um, what? Because what's going to happen is I'm going to tell you to at Team YouTube, for example, um, on Twitter and, and ask them what's going on or maybe hop on, uh, you know, with uh, send support and email, see if you can get in that way. Um, but for, you know, outside of that, um, then you just have to kind of wait for it. Because with all these features, um, you know, because there's stuff that, you know, all of us are chomping at the bit. I was chomping at the bit to get the membership stuff also. And um, even at the time when they first started releasing that, I think I had like 120 or 150,000 subscribers on my channel. And it took me all the way until I had, I think it was like 250,000 or something like that until I got it. So from the time that they actually started putting that out until I actually got it, I gained like a whole other 100,000 subscribers in that meantime. So um, so they just kind of roll that stuff out and they release it as they release it. And um, unless you have like a partner manager or something like that, there's nothing that you can really do that I'm aware of in order to kind of shoot yourself in there. I was just looking for a tweet. I took, I thought I took a screen grab of it uh, from team YouTube. Somebody mm-hmm. actually asked them on Twitter and they said, once you hit the threshold of that, I forget the time limit. I don't know if it, it goes into a queue. Yes. Yeah. They actually said how long it was, I don't know if it was a couple of weeks or a mm-hmm. month or two. Once you hit that threshold. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay. It's on, it was on uh, team YouTube's Twitter. Okay. And you now, YouTube sets uh, what you can, what you charge for a membership. There's yes, there's no flexibility with that. And then when people join, um, where do they find uh, sort of members only content, or how do they stay? Uh, whatever the member benefits are, how do they track that? Um, they get that inside of the community feed. So basically, um, if you have a well, if you have a membership, you have a community feed. So right. um, with your community feed, there's a, a drop down to where you can actually select members only, mm-hmm. and then you can make members only posts, which is really cool. And then from there, you can you can do anything you want. So like once you have those members only posts, then you have that that opportunity to speak directly to the channel members. So, for example, um, today I set up a Discord and I set up a Facebook group for channel members. Um, I'm going to set up an email list that's specific for channel members as well to make sure that when we're going to go and we're going to do our members-only live stream, like we're going to do after this show, for example, um, that when that happens, that uh, you know, to make sure everybody gets notified and all that stuff, um, and just to just to kind of spread it out a little bit because the um, the community feed is pretty limited in terms of what you can do. And there's not much interaction outside of thumbs up and comments from the member side. And right. I want to be able to, you know, build, you know, that, that deeper community, yeah. right. I want to be able to build that deeper community um, by, you know, being able to like chat with people. Somebody has a problem they can ask. And then, you know, I can try to help them with that problem and stuff like that. So you're taking control of it so that you can directly communicate with your audience rather than just leaving it to YouTube's tools. Now, for people who are, are members, do they have to click in their community tab a, a drop down, or will they just see members only posts as they scroll through, say, your your community tab? Yeah, they'll see the members only posts as they scroll through my community tab, and they should, depending on how the how the notification system's working at the time. Go YouTube. They should um, they should see them also in their um, in their feed somewhere as well. But you know that's another thing, and that's why I wanted to set up the Discord, Facebook group, and email list because, like, um, let's say, uh, like Paul Peck, I believe is a is a member on my channel. So, like, let's say with him, 
let's say that, you know, he was busy working over the entire week and he had, he wasn't in the live stream last week where I announced that I was going to be doing a members only live stream this week. And he wasn't on YouTube because he'd just been busy. Right. So if he gets an email, hang and drywall, stem coding. Yep. So, so if he were to get an email, then he would be likely to see that email to where maybe he just didn't even log into YouTube because he was busy. So, you know, that's why I'm wanting to create those additional um, ways to reach people for, for that reason. So softball question here. Uh, Anna mentioned earlier uh, social media marketing world. And uh, if you guys are going, Nick, you're actually going to be speaking. Tell us what's coming up for you with uh, social media marketing world. Yeah, so this is going to be my first social media marketing world. I am just crazy excited to go to it. And it's funny because when I was at VidSummit, because VidSummit for me is my, like, no matter what, I'm going to VidSummit event, right? Right. So, so that one is like already scheduled for, you know, forever, so to speak. Until um, the end. Yeah, until the end. Until like I can't do this anymore, then I'm going to VidSummit, right? So um, so while I was at VidSummit, because I've been going to different conferences and stuff over the course of the year, and this was my first time kind of making those rounds. So I was asking, you know, friends, I think, I believe I even asked you, um, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm asking everybody, you know, because I'm coming from Thailand, it's a pretty big deal. In terms of just the time commitment, it's expensive mm-hmm. and all that quite stuff. A, it's quite a flight. It is. In, right. in order to actually get over to these events. So I'm like, okay, I need to prioritize. So which ones are the most important events that I need to go to? And, you know, VidSummit, again, that's always on the list. But then um, social media marketing world, everybody's like, yeah, dude, you got to go to social media marketing world. Um, so so I was going to go to social media marketing world anyway. Um, and then I ended up having a conversation with uh, Mike Stelzer at, uh, Stelzner at uh, VidSummit. And uh, we ended up, you know, connecting later via email. And then I went on his podcast and then he invited me to speak uh, at Social Media Marketing World as well. So um, if you're coming to Social Media Marketing World, you definitely want to come into my presentation because I'm going to be talking about how to actually grow a YouTube channel, how to start a YouTube channel that is going mm-hmm. to grow. Awesome. Uh, great question here from our friend Gord Eisman. Asks, uh, D, how do you decide when to produce Android versus iOS content? versus whatever content, is there a strategy? Uh, well, when I make Android content specifically, those videos always grow faster. The iOS videos, iPhone videos, those grow slower, but they do grow. So and when I need to grow, when I, when I know I need numbers. Like, hey, I need a spike. I need a spike. Yeah. I like, need a hit, man. I need, I need a, a hit. hit. Man, hook me up, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, when I want channel growth, I know I need to either do an Android-specific video or I need to do a video that's cross-platform that covers both Android and iOS. Because if I do an iOS-specific video, the growth doesn't come there. I'm taking one for the team when I, when I put those out. But that's fine because I, I want to take care of those subscribers who do have an iPhone, right? Uh, so the strategy is do as many cross-platform-specific videos as I can I don't really like to go Android specific. I want to keep cross platform and then I just sprinkle in the iPhone specific videos just here and there. That's great. Uh, question from Beanie Draws. Uh, how did Nick and Dee learn to start editing? Was it through experimentation and self teaching or did they take some online courses? Yeah, he showed me. He actually, he actually taught me like the basics. Can I just and then, laugh? And then I developed it from there. Online, online courses. I know, right? That wasn't even like available back then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I learned a long time ago. Actually, uh, a good friend of mine who got me started in video production, he was doing commercials and he was making uh, small movies and stuff like that. And he said, oh, you need a Mac and you need to get Final Cut Pro. And I'm um, like, okay, when well, he kind of showed me how to do that and 
just trial and error, countless, countless, countless hundreds, if not thousands of hours uh, were spent learning how to edit across, you know, a couple different pieces of software. Well, speaking of courses, Nick, you're actually working on a course that's going to be coming out soon, right? Yeah, working on a course right now, um, uh, a partner uh, course with TubeBuddy, um, and that's going to be going into beta here over the next few, sometime over the next few weeks. Maybe we might end up pushing to the beginning of next month, um, but it's going to be coming around the corner really soon. I actually have, if you go to my website, nicknimmon.com, um, there's actually a navigation um, option up there for course, and you want to make sure that you click on that and that you go and you actually sign up so that you can be notified when we actually go live with it. And then you also have the Tuber Tools uh, website, right? So if you need uh, some type of motion graphic or lower third or channel cards or, you know, any, any, really anything any cool for your stuff. channel. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, any video graphics or anything like that, the little subscribe buttons that pop up and things like that. Um, there's actually like a front end store where you can get stuff all a cart. Um, and then there's also the membership side, which is actually a much better deal. Um, because of what you would pay for just like a few of the items in the front end store, you can get everything plus more stuff within inside of the members area. So, um, so yeah, so there's that, um, uh, front end store and there's the members area and that's at tubertools.com. D, what do you have coming up? I'm working on a course as well. Nice. It's a mobile course where I'm going to walk people from, you just got your smartphone. You want, you want to make content with it or you, you want to be a mobile YouTuber. I'm going to take you from the very beginning and work you through the entire process. So at the end, you can be a good mobile YouTuber. Uh, I'm going to go over lighting, go over the microphones. Best mobile the YouTuber. best mobile YouTuber <laughs> in the known universe. I got you covered. Do all the stuff yeah. you need to do on your phone. Yeah, that's what I'm working on. So Grabster asks, how can we use other platforms like Twitter and Instagram to grow a community? So the same exact rules apply. So like in, in that particular case, you know, if you're trying to grow like a consistent uh, fan base anywhere, then you want to make sure that you're posting quality content that that specific audience that you are trying to reach would enjoy. So, you know, like if you're growing on, like if you're, if you're trying to grow your YouTube channel, then you can also grow these other places as well and grow your influence there, which is a really smart thing to do because of a couple of reasons. One is you have these additional assets outside of YouTube in case something happens to your YouTube channel and that happens from time to time. Um, but in addition to that, you can also use those other platforms to help you start sessions on YouTube. So basically you can use them as a traffic source to where you're bringing in super high quality views into your YouTube channel because you're actually starting coming from those platforms onto YouTube. Cool. Cool. Uh, motivation theory. Another good question. Uh, Patreon has been in the news a lot lately. Uh, motivation theory has thoughts about doing Patreon member only content. If you are a YouTuber, um, ways to not alienate or offend subscribers on YouTube when talking about Patreon? Um, in my opinion, I think that um, worrying, like if you have something that you're trying to accomplish, like let's say um, in your specific case, you're saying, okay, I'm going to do YouTube videos, I'm going to do Patreon, and I'm going to do these other social media things so that I can reach a specific bottom line that will allow me to be able to reach more people because I can invest in better equipment and I can go to conferences and all that stuff. Then in that particular case, in my personal opinion, then I would focus on making sure that you're delivering as much value as possible to get people over to your Patreon and you're going to offend some people. There's going to be people and it happens to me too. There's going to be people that are going to be like, oh, this is garbage. You know, he wants, you know, in order for, you know, like he's just trying to get people over to his Patreon. Or in order to, for him to help me, you know, I got to give him money or, you know, whatever that is, you know, there's got to be those people. It's just, it's just part of the gig. 
So, you know, of course you can't make everybody happy and you have to drive towards what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And by doing that, you know, you're, you're going to offend some people and you just, you just have to own it and say, you know, I'm going to offend some people, but you know, I'm, I'm still delivering awesome content. I'm delivering tons of value to the people that are watching my videos, but for those handful of people that are going to come in and they're going to be offended by what it is that I'm doing, because I'm asking for support for all of this work that I'm putting into what it is that I'm doing and all this value that I'm bringing Mm -hmm. to tons of people um, on the internet, then, you know, in my opinion, like it's worth sacrificing those people that don't understand that for the people that that will, you know, come in and, and support what it is that you're doing. You're kind of like uh, tightening up your tribe. Yeah, so it's exactly what it is. That if, you're doing. if people right. are going to leave your channel, like don't don't worry about people leaving your channel, because if they leave over something like that, they're not really somebody right. that's going to be that supportive anyway. Yeah. And I'm, I'm getting ready to start my Patreon account. My account. Yeah. My, my channel. What do you call that? A channel? Patreon. Patreon. I'm going yeah, to start Patreon. my Patreon. Yeah. And the thing that I'm focusing on there is I'm going to do things that I actually don't do on YouTube so much. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that I actually want to do, but I can provide a lot of value to mobile content creators that it just doesn't really fit with my channel. So I'm looking to provide different value. Yeah. And if somebody wants to leave over that, then there's so the, be it. There's right. the door, man. And, and that's yeah. another thing too, like in our, this, in our live this stream train is going it's this going way. One way. It's going You're one on way. Right. Right. So, 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 yeah. so like, uh, and it's, uh, it's moving fast. So like on our live streams, for example, like I lose a ton of subscribers, like I'm getting close to a hundred subscriber loss per live stream. And the funny thing with that is there'll be people that'll come in like, Hey, review my channel, review my channel. And they'll see super chats coming in. And they haven't like been a part of my channel. They don't know that we do free channel reviews or they right. don't win. They don't want to go through the process of actually looking for something on Google and then putting the answer. Right. right. So what happens is they think that you either have to pay for it or that we're just randomly picking people or they just don't understand <laughs> what's going on and they get upset about it and they unsubscribe. So wow. unfortunately, because I, you know, I, I want to bring value to those people too, but unfortunately the way that, you know, their worldview is, it's just, you know, it, it, it is what it is, right? I, I'll ask it you a question. I, I'll ask you you guys a question that I, I asked Nick at um, at Vid Summit, and and that is, uh, and there's probably no simple answer to it. But I'm if a you snuggle. Be, I snuggle. <laughs> if you have live, if you have a YouTube channel, live streaming good for growing your channel, or live streaming more just you know for focusing on people who are already subscribers and your interaction with them. Or can you grow your channel and add new people through uh, regular live streams? You can. Depends you can. Depends on your niche. Yeah, yeah. It depends yeah. on what you're doing. Like you yeah. can, you can grow your channel with live streaming, um, and you can also hurt your channel with live streaming as well. It just depends on what it is that you're offering. So, for example, like there's a, there's a lot of buzz in terms of like you know live streaming, you know, like you know once a week or every now and then will kill your channel. But one thing that people aren't keeping in mind with that is like let's say for example that you are. An example that we were actually talking about the other day is let's say that you have a tech channel and you're going live and you're just doing like a hangout, right? So it's like, hey, you know, hey, we're just like hanging out. We're just randomly talking about things. You know, that's not really what those tech people are actually subscribed for. And because of that, you know, you're the new people who have just found your channel because they saw your videos. They click in. Oh, they're expecting live. Tech. Expecting right. tech. They go in expecting tech. Right. They see you're live and you're talking about like donuts. Right. 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 So <laughs> like in, in – so basically, like they're expecting that and that tech presentation that you get with all the you know cool looking stuff and all that that the tech people do, and 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 that's not what what you're giving them with the live stream. So therefore, like the engagement on the stream is lower and all that stuff. Now, if you're a superstar, 
totally different situation. Like Linus Tech Tips, for example, he can go live and like his chat's going so fast, but it's because people are into him and what it is that he's doing because of, you know, because he's at that level. If you've never seen Linus Tech Tips live, it is a sight to behold. The super chats coming in, it's incredible. Yeah. Just, it's incredible. Yeah. 10,000 people watching. (laughs) But if you can keep in line though, if you can keep things in line in terms of what it is that, you know, again, you got to think of the audience, you know, what is it that the audience is here for? What What is it that the audience is for? Like with ours, of course, we add banter to it. Mm-hmm. We might even talk about donuts. I know we talk about M and M's a lot. We're talking about donuts but, tonight. Yeah, we're even talking about donuts right now. But but <laughs> right but, now we are. But we still <laughs> yeah. but we still deliver that core uh, that core value of answering people's questions, and we actually take it a step farther because we say, okay, not only are we just answering questions in a video format, but we're actually taking your question right now live. And we're actually trying to work through this with you. And we're actually going to pull up your YouTube channel. We're going to say, hey, you should fix this. You should fix this. You should fix this. And, you know, you'll get better results if you do this and the other thing. So, you know, so we're actually providing a service that is directly in line with what it is that we're already doing. Yeah. So, yeah, we get large traffic spikes, very large uh, spikes when we we live stream. But I've seen stats from other people that go the other direction. And and again, I'd like to reverse this also. And, and remember, like when we were talking about um, talking about before in terms of each channel being like its own thing, right? Like, you know, keep that in mind with the live streaming as well right. to where like, you know, on one channel, test it, right? right? Test it for a while and see how it does. And if you have a second channel, test it there for a while and see how it does. And you might get different results on the two different channels, depending on what it is that you're doing. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, it took about 40 minutes till we figured out the technology, uh, but you guys stuck around and helped out not only through that, but uh, stayed on for a full hour. I know you got to run to do your live stream with your uh, community members. And I, I just want to thank you again. How did you like the experience of uh, doing an interview side by side? It's cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, I, I, was, I was really hoping we could get into some nitty gritty childhood stories. But uh, <laughs> next time, next there's time, a part Ron. two next coming time. up. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, check them out every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern uh, on YouTube on Nick Nimmin's channel, youtube.com slash Nick Nimmin. 9 a.m. Eastern is the two hour, three hour, four hour, five hour, six hour, sometimes seven hour live stream. Get your channel reviewed, get all the latest tips and tools. Subscribe to their channels. It's easy to remember Nick Nimmin and D Nimmin. And of course, use that hashtag Nimminati whenever you share anything oh, yeah. online about Nick and D. Go see Nick speak at Social Media Marketing World and look out for courses from both of them. Nick is amazing with YouTube channel growth and monetization. D is the master of everything to do with mobile video. And uh, again, it's awesome chatting with you guys. Can't wait to uh, bye hang bye. out with you again. Yeah. We had a, a couple of amazing guests here, Nick Nimmin and Dean Nimmin. Have a great day or over in Thailand. Have a great night. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Ross.